This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market, an online grocery store offering all of your favorite vegan, organic, and non-GMO products. But instead of marking them up to premium prices, Thrive Market sells the same premium products at wholesale prices delivered straight to your door. Get 25% off your first purchase plus free shipping plus free 30-day trial by visiting thrivemarket.com slash no meat. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. You seem like a guy who knows how to mow the lawn. <laughs> I am the opposite of that. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know how, I guess. I knew how 15 years ago. I haven't done it since then. Does Aaron, Aaron mow your lawn? Aaron now and then tries to, gets in the, gets kind of in the mood. And we actually do. So we usually just get a lawn guy. I always say, okay. I say, it is not worth $30 of my time to go spend two hours mowing a lawn. Uh-huh. Right, it just I just would rather work for that time, uh, but she she doesn't like that. She just she just wants to do it. So we actually re- she started doing it recently. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not a good husband in that regard. Well, our uh, our new house has a pretty sizable lawn. Yeah, and um, I haven't mowed the lawn since I was in probably sophomore in high school, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I did. Long, long time ago, and. Um, I was pretty excited about having this lawn, going out and mowing it for the first time. We closed on the house last week. It was the grass was high. I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and mow the lawn. One of the first things I do, buy a brand new electric lawnmower. Oh yeah, battery powered, push mower? cordless push uh-huh. uh, electric mower. That yeah, you know, I thought it would be good, environmentally friendly. Right. You know, don't have to deal with the gas. Uh, and I just looked like an idiot out there. I kept like. <laughs> Like, kept getting clogged up because it was high, and I think it was too wet, I realized later. And, like, I'm halfway through the lawn, and the battery dies because I was working it too hard, and I had it, like, set way too low. Uh, uh, it just, it just, it was way more challenging than I expected. <laughs> like, mowing the lawn. Everyone should know how to mow the lawn. So what are you going to do? Get a get a gas mower? Well, I think, I've, I mean, I think I, I think I know how to avoid it now. I think I've figured out what I need to do. Mm. I might also just buy a bigger battery. You know what we had for a while? That stopped working finally because the blades got dull. Uh, I suppose we could just sharpen the blades, but <laughs> one of those ones that's not powered at all. You just push it and it and it yeah. spins the thing and it does. I don't know. It worked for our small yard. Yeah, I think that our yard's too big for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the worst. I hate mowing the lawn. It's just a terrible thing to do. But the electric mower, man, you don't smell like gas. You're just like it's quiet. You can mm-hmm. listen to listen to. Seems a little better, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. Never really been a lawn guy, but, and, uh, you know, talk to me in like a couple months after I've mowed the lawn oh, several yeah. times. Yeah. You're not going to become one of those guys who like does the diagonal cuts and like proud of his lawn, are you? I don't think so, but I, maybe. I, sure I mean, I don't know. Okay. Good. <laughs> you drink a nice beer during your lawn mowing? That couldn't work with a push mower, right? Uh, well, this one you can. Self propelled. I mean, just one oh, yeah? handed operation here. You, so there's you, not even so a, a you cord or... you have to pull. You just like push a button and it turns on. Wow, look at you! It's a man's man lawnmower, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super manly. <laughs> Almost as manly as having your wife do it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. 
So did you or did you not drink a beer during the mowing? I did actually drink a beer during the mowing, yes. Figured, figured as much. Since you do before your haircuts, why else would, why, when would, you, why would you not? <laughs> when uh, When is it not a good time to drink a beer? That's that's what I want to know. Uh, that is that is false. I can think of a lot of them. Okay, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. But I did do it then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. Well, we, uh, we're doing a Q&A episode today. We've seen the day people tend to like them. They get a lot of downloads. And... Uh, <laughs> It's a good way of us for handling handling questions that come in the one eight hundred flowers dot com inbox, <laughs> and the Subway Fresh Take hotline. So we, it's a good chance to do those. And the uh, oh man, that was one other. <laughs> <laughs> do we have another sponsor? Yeah, another fake sponsor. No. Um, yeah, no. Th- these are fun because it's good to like hear what people have to say and what kind of questions they have. And what we've noticed is that there are a lot. Uh, we get a lot of the same questions, so we're only going to answer maybe five or six today. But actually, it was probably it probably covers I don't know twenty questions that came in because uh, so many yeah. of them are, are repeats. And I think it's I think it's good to not be too ambitious with our number that we're trying to get to because then we start having to rush at the end and you know not not quality answers. So uh, I guess we should just jump in, right? I guess so. Unless you got some other story to tell. I have no stories to tell. Nothing nothing exciting to me has happened since I last floated down the river that one one time well i see you got some golf clubs i've been that's hitting it. some golf balls in preparation for a golf trip you're right that's that's an athlete type of thing that's right there we go golf is a sport <laughs> don't let anybody tell you it's not in disc form or <laughs> stick form yes this form definitely is for <laughs> <laughs> all right so this one's from jenny she says hey matt and doug i've been following the training for my first full marathon and i'm on week 16 so jenny cat wait a minute she signs it Kathy, but it's from Jenny, so who knows what's going on. Uh, I don't know when this question came in. She may have already run her marathon, but uh, just in case she hasn't, it says, for the past several weeks on the long runs, I've been experiencing sloshing in my stomach so much that it's beginning to make me sick to my stomach. I've tried a few different things, and nothing seems to be working. Any suggestions would be much appreciated. Okay. So, Doug, I mean, what's <laughs> the obvious one? It's hard. It's a little hard to answer, I guess, without knowing what are the things that Kathy has tried. But so let's assume she has tried nothing, and uh, we'll just see. So the the first one, she mentions long runs. So this is maybe not the culprit. I think a lot of people like to drink smoothies before their runs, mm-hmm. and I think that causes sloshing. I mean, I know it does. I've done it before in for like a track workout, and it was not not very good. So that's the obvious one. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, so even more than that. What you eat before the run is is gonna affect the sloshiness and the fullness of your stomach during the run, right? Mm-hmm. And so something like uh, a smoothie, which is quickly digested and nice um, tasting, <laughs> it's probably not the best thing, uh, even if it is full of carbs. And you know, the fuel itself might be pretty good, but in the smoothie form, it's going to uh, result in some sloshing. Right. So is the problem just that a smoothie is liquid? Is it, so it should be? I mean. Is the advice watch your liquids? Because I would actually say that might be a problem. A lot of we've talked, we might have talked about this before. This idea that that uh, I learned about it from the I Run Far couple articles. Uh, I guess in response, or kind of inspired by the book Waterlogged. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm blanking on the author's name. You might know it, Doug. I don't but, remember. Um, he's a well-known guy, researcher type guy. Um, Anyway, his his thesis there was that we should really only drink to thirst, and that most people are drinking too much because we're trying to 
hit some sort of artificial guidelines of how much water we should be taking in per hour. And that that is the reason that we that we only need, basically that we only need to take sodium or electrolytes when because we're because we're overhydrated. Right? He says yeah. if you were to only drink to thirst and truly drink to thirst, like you know, you have to even take measures to make sure you're not just doing it out of habit. Because if you're like, for example, when you're standing at a bar drinking beer or whatever you're choosing to drink at the bar, you're not really drinking to thirst because you're just holding this thing in your hand and you're there kind of to do that. So you're drinking way more than to thirst, and you will kind of tend to do the same thing if you're carrying the, the bottle in your hand while you're running. It's just easy because you're bored, you get nothing else to do, you just take a drink of it. So, um... I don't know that... I, I will say that I don't know if I agree 100% with that. No, I, I, right. It's it's controversial, and even even on, I think, in the second of those articles, the guy who was writing them did a test, and I think he found that he was fine with the amount of hydration... I could be wrong. I, I think he found he was fine with the amount of hydration that he got just by drinking to thirst... But he found that when he did take some electrolyte, something that he had brought along with him, he I, he was feeling really bad. So he ended up taking that, and once he did, he felt better. Mm. So he said, you know, totally anecdotal, not not researched in the way that perhaps the, the book was. But he said when he did that, he felt better. So definitely a controversial thing. It's hard to say if that is actually true or not. But the idea is that your body would just be better at regulating its, its electrolyte levels itself if it wasn't flooded with water. That's kind of off topic here but the point is just to give a context for a recommendation to like think about how much water you're drinking if you're just drinking like crazy because you see a guideline that says you should be taking in whatever 16 ounces per hour Mm -hmm. and of course it's all going to vary depending on the heat um and how much you're sweating but like that's the first thing i would look for like are, are you drinking too much liquid do you actually need that much fluid as you're actually drinking right anything else any other suggestions that Kathy might try? I mean, she's tried a few different things. I'm, I'm guessing if sloshing in the stomach is the issue that she has, maybe the thing she's tried is drinking less water. But, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, would, I don't know. I would, I would just, uh, I would take a look at, at my pre-run routine and pre-run hydration routine too because you might be overhydrating from the beginning. Right. Uh, not just during the run itself. Um, yes, quite possible. So, so, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have too much uh to suggest but to eat some food good <laughs> along with your along with your water <laughs> there you go and good luck in that marathon that you may have already run yeah i hope it went well <laughs> <laughs> all right next one uh is from sean who uh talks a lot about stuff about rheumatoid arthritis and background but we're not going to go into that stuff the question really is uh, actually is one how much is your book and where can i buy it <laughs> uh, i don't know the price of the book depending on where you want to buy it I know right now you can't buy it on Amazon. It has gone out of stock again, Doug, which I haven't told you about, which is oh. saddening to me. But When did it go? Do you know? It went out about two days ago. Oh. Came in, was in for about two weeks or so. Yeah, it sold like crazy. It was did great, uh, but now it's gone again. So when, it, What's the update on when it's coming? It should be back by around August 1st, oh, 2017, good. and for the foreseeable future, there will be no more out of stocks. But you never know. It's It's... It's been a surprise hit. People have been buying it like crazy. So, good problem to have, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure the best problem to have, yeah. Yes. All right. Other question or from John <laughs> is, uh, what would you recommend I start for a start to this new beginning? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Start for a start to this new beginning. I think he means, uh, how do I <laughs> How do I start 
eating more vegetables and uh, and changing my lifestyle to go more vegetarian slash. I think it means how do I start starting to begin to eat new vegetables and so how do change I his start? lifestyle? I think he just wants to put start and beginning in there a lot of times. Okay. So um, let's answer that one. Let's answer how do you start starting to begin eating this way? <laughs> okay. Uh, um, we have done an episode. If you if you want to dig back into the archives, the the one eight hundred flowers archives, Sean. Um, there's something that was called what was it like our favorite resources for new vegans or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> More or less that we did a couple where to begin. I think the word resources was in there. We did some for running and we did some for uh, diet. So we listed a bunch of things that we like. Um, different books, different sites, and things like that. And might, they might be a little outdated by now. That was that was probably two years ago. Uh, okay, so so let's just throw all that out, Doug, and say we're starting over. And we have about five minutes to talk about where do you begin eating this way. Yeah, so I would start small, and I would pick, um, you know, making sure that every meal has, has a, you know, a, a nice portion of vegetables or a side salad, that you're eating while you're cooking the meal. That's a Matt Frazier um, recommendation there mm-hmm. to go ahead and make sure you get it before you get the good pasta or whatever. Um, you know what? I have a more, more specific tip now even than eat salad first. Oh, what I do now it. is cut up cabbage. And I got this because you're supposed to... So with, with cruciferous vegetables, and this is not a start small idea. This is this is advanced. Uh <laughs> This is a joke. Not, it's not really. I don't think this is that advanced. But this is. But this is not something that you'd want to worry about if you were just new to this, eating this way. But you're supposed to chop the cruciferous vegetables 40 minutes ahead of time, or just eat them raw, uh, because if you cook them before this reaction takes place, you don't allow these really good stuff like sulforaphane, these really good cancer-fighting compounds. You don't allow them to develop, basically. So if you're going to cook cruciferous vegetables, of which cabbage is one, you want to chop it 40 minutes ahead of time. Right. So what I've what I discovered is that when I did that. I just kept eating the cabbage that was chopped there in front of me oh. because it's delicious. And if you get out hummus and dip it in hummus, then it's really, really good. So that's my new thing is I eat tons of raw cabbage when I'm cooking <laughs> meals. You just cook it or you just chop it up and then you snack on it while you're... Yes. You know, that's actually a really good tip because something that I struggle with a lot is snacking while I'm cooking. Mm. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, it's hard right, because it, cause it smells so good. You're hungry probably because you're mm-hmm. about to eat a meal. And I just I snack and snack and snack. Usually hummus, something dipped in it. Right. Um, and you know, if I just chopped up cabbage. Yeah. I mean, that is that is prime raw vegetable eating opportunity is when you're cooking because mm. everything seems good. You just want to eat anything. If you put that in front of you, you will tend to eat it. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try do that. It. Cruciferous vegetables. It's just great, great to get them raw. So, do it. Okay. Well, Sean, maybe that's where you start. <laughs> no, that's not really, that. That's I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I guess I would even go a step back. I don't know if Sean is, uh, if he has already like gotten to be plant-based and he wants to know how do I start being healthier, uh, or if he's, if he's saying I need to go vegan, how do I start there? And you know, it depends. It's if, if you have the ethical kind of motivation, which it sounds like Sean's motivation here is more health. Um, with that ethical motivation, I don't know. People, people seem to make the overnight switch work for a while and, and and maybe even last forever or indefinitely uh because they get ethically motivated and they say i don't feel right about eating animals or animal products anymore so i'm just gonna flip the switch and i don't do that anymore people who are health motivated 
there are exceptions. Forks over knives, I you know, has created a lot of people who just say, "Wow, I, I see the light now, and for my health, I need to start eating this way." My dad is a pretty good example, although even he had a little period where he kind of transitioned. Um, I just feel like with with health, it is it is better or more likely to last if you do it gradually. Mm-hmm. So if you're tempted, I mean, if you want to just try being 100% vegan right away, I don't want to stop you from doing that. I just tend to think if 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 it's a change that seems difficult for you, then the way to do it is just gradually you know gradually just start where you are so so matt resigno has a nice tip uh which is like if you eat beef and broccoli and you start out eating 70 percent of it beef and 30 percent broccoli then just start increasing the ratio of broccoli to beef and it might take you a month not that you can eat beef and broccoli that many times in a month <laughs> but if you did a similar daily thing, dose of beef and broccoli <laughs> if you did a similar thing with all of your meals if if there was such a thing Maybe it takes you a month to get to the point where you're where you're ninety percent vegetables and ten percent meat, and then you know shortly after that you get all the way there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good idea. Uh, other other forms of that are things like you know gradually push back the hour in the day at which you s- allow yourself to start eating something other than plants. So right. maybe you start with your breakfast as a smoothie for the first week. Otherwise, you eat your normal diet. Next week, you make it through your morning snack, or you make it through lunchtime, and gradually it spreads throughout your day. Maybe you land on the vegan before six thing, or you, where you eat vegan all day, and then dinner time you do whatever you want. Uh, hopefully, you go further than that. But anyway, those are those are kind of just different ways to do the small steps thing. You could also try just doing it for a couple of days a week, and then you can you can sort of use the rest of your week to plan for those days. Because especially if you have a family, like it's kind of difficult to do a whole plant based day if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, especially if you have a family, um, I think I I would rather do the like, do it every day, but just gradually make it longer in the day because you get then the repetition that will start to kind of form this habit and make this automatic thing. If you're just eating vegan once a week, it's just not going to become that familiar very quickly. It's going to take a long time, but it always feel like a weird special day. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could start with one day, but if you're if you were really going to do it. I mean, I think that like every other day or Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something like that, because then your family and, you know, you just becomes a part of it as well and they get more used to it as well. Yeah. But the Um, vegan, vegan before five or six or whatever is a, is a really good approach for people starting out because then mm -hmm. that takes the pressure off dinners uh, or the, the at home vegan, which is what I did. At home vegan. Mm Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be vegan. I mean, you could start at home vegetarian or at home Right. or something. Right. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think that sort of fight it fights the uh, the idea that I could never eat this thing that I love again, whatever it is. Because you know, you could always go out and get it if you want. But often that having to go out, like if you, if you, if Sean starts really craving a cheeseburger, he'll probably only get it one out of five times that he actually craves because he has to go out and get it. So most of the time you make do, and then and every for time Uber Eats, uh, I, forgot, I don't have to go out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that is that Uber now delivering food? Yeah. Okay. Is it related to Amazon Whole Foods merger in some way, or acquisition? I don't, does Uber have anything to do with Amazon? I know Amazon has drones that deliver everything else now. Oh, I think okay. maybe they acquired no, I Uber. Think, I, don't I think know. Uber Eats out, outdates the uh, outdates <laughs> the merger. Predates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're not using drones. No, no, they're not actually yet. using their drivers. They are making flying cars, though, right? Uber is making flying cars. I heard. that's that's news to me fake news maybe maybe i heard some fake news okay um so the last bit of answering sean's question here i mean that's how you 
gradually transition to a plant-based diet is what we answered. Uh, I would do things like watch the documentaries, uh, read the books, what, I mean, whatever catches your interest, but you might need to put forth some effort at first to find what that is. So look up what Forks Over Knives is and see if that is a movie you would like to watch on Netflix. Uh, what the Health is a new one, right, Doug? You, you heard of that? I have. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No, I've not. There's been a little bit. Of, I've seen the drama about it. Yeah, there's online. been some controversy. With yeah, Z Dog, MD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then all these responses to Z Dog's thing, and just just a big big mess. That's, that's the Cowspiracy guys, I think. Yes. Uh, Another good one. So there's Cowspiracy. If if you're environmentally motivated, like Doug is, uh, <laughs> you could you could do that. Um, what else? Earthlings. If you're ethically motivated, mm-hmm. like I am. Or you could just binge watch all of them and then scare the living bejesus out of you. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, you... it might work. Yeah. If you just if you force yourself to watch all those in one day, you might be able to be ready to go overnight vegan. Uh, I don't know. And there, there are plenty of good books about it. I like Dr. Gregor's book, How Not to Die. I find that very convincing. It's not an easy start to finish read. I also am a big fan of Joel Furman's Super Immunity. That's actually a really great place to start. It's kind of an easy read, but with... Lots of good information. Um, and then you got to get a cookbook. You, you mentioned Where's My Book, so beginning August 1st, you can get that on Amazon. Otherwise, I mean, you can get it any other place, too. And they're not <laughs> out of stock. Barnes & Noble, your local independent store, they are probably in stock. But who knows? Uh, but there are plenty of other good cookbooks, too. And I, I tend to think you should get a cookbook. I don't know. Relying on recipes online. The problem is, yes, they're free, and you can find whatever you want, but they're often not tested or not good, and you just don't know what you're getting. So... Find a cookbook that you really like and just make it your your Bible, if you will. Sounds Good? great. Is that offensive to say Bible? Like a I religious thing? I think I think we're good. People are okay there? Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, then let's move on, Doug, to Marisa. Another running question. Another running question. And Marisa, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, appears that's how one would pronounce it. Uh, she says, I've just gotten the marathon roadmap, uh, and I had a question. I live in a pretty flat place, and there aren't really any big enough hills for the hill workout I can get to easily, especially during the week. Would you recommend doing these on a treadmill, and if so, at what incline? If not, what do you replace, or would you replace with a tempo slash interval run? Okay, good question. Uh, I have no doubt we have answered this question before on this podcast because it seems to come up in every, every Q&A we ever do. Uh, which is why we're saying it again, because I think it's I think it's such a common one that people really do need to know the answer. Um, so remember a couple weeks ago I mentioned the Western States 100 video I watched, little inspiring talk by their oh yeah by their uh-huh. somebody, yep. somebody, and he made some joke in there. He said you'll be on these hills and you realize they're nothing like the bridges that you that you run over for your <laughs> hill workouts. Uh, so it's not a really good solution, but. It seems that what people do is run on bridges. If you have no hills anywhere near you, the bridge often represents your your biggest hill you can find. Florida runners always do this. Yes. So that bridges is, and uh, parking garages. Parking garages also good, although not so good for your lungs. Maybe no, unless you drive electric cars everywhere you live. I would go to a parking garage early morning before all the cars have started up. There you go. Good. All right. After it's aired out a bit. Good. I've talked about how my friends and I used to hang out at the parking garage, right? It was like my high school hangout, and our band played on top of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I vaguely remember that story. All right. Not, not worth it. Was it an to. impromptu performance show? No, it was, it was 
planned. It was talked about. It was it was kind of quiet. It was clandestine. Oh. Uh, and it was planned. And people showed up. Did the cops? Cops, come? cops came in the middle of the fourth song. Fourth song. You made yep. it four songs. Did made they let you finish in. the song, or they shut no. you right down? No. They just came, brought dogs, and uh, dogs. Yeah, they brought <laughs> dogs. But so we were recording, and you can hear the dogs barking, and then the cops say, "We're gonna have to shut you guys down." <laughs> anyway, um, where else should? What else should you do? So I think, I think it's not a bad idea replacing with a tempo slash interval run. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, both of those would be good. The tempo run would be maybe a little more like if you were running up a long, gradual hill, and the interval run would be more like if you were doing some hill repeats. You know, harder, quicker hills. Um, they say hills are speed work in disguise, so may- hopefully speed work is hills in disguise. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> not quite the same. Uh, it's probably not going to work the same uh, muscles as a hill would. So I would try to actually run on hills. Or if you can't do that, Doug, I think you've recommended doing a little gym work, right? Yeah, doing some leg strengthening exercises that target the hill muscles. And I will say uh, the other thing I would do is, um, you know, pretty much anywhere, even if you don't have a parking garage or... A bridge where you live then uh chances are there's a couple somewhere that has a couple flights of stairs and uh doing that i know it's boring and you know you look kind of silly if all you can find is like a three-story building and you're running up and down it but um yeah you look very silly <laughs> doing that. but that that will help and uh if there's a stadium the stadium stairs are ah are okay. really good so i mean everybody every, every high school has a football stadium right pretty much right yep that seems like a fall it seems like a bad idea to run up and down stadium stairs seems like a slick surface would not recommend that myself um i would <laughs> Doug's gonna live on the edge it's probably there. fine it just i don't know isn't that what like uh, the november project people do every yeah day? i mean everybody does it just i just think somebody's gonna fall one day <laughs> when, sure when somebody falls i'm gonna i'm gonna have the last laugh <laughs> uh marisa did suggest would you recommend doing this on a treadmill and if so what incline so i'm guessing she has access to a uh, stair stepper machine or a treadmill yeah or a treadmill which would be way better than a stay stairs ever machine would it what if it can't get it as inclined i don't i don't know i mean it's, she says it can get inclined we don't know how much though so i, I would know. definitely do i mean if you have access to a treadmill and uh you can do that then then crank it up get up to four or five on the treadmill and there you go and uh pump up the jams and get to get to work on the good you heard of this new ladder device? Apparently, there's machines at gyms now that simulate climbing a ladder. Oh yeah, and just like a never-ending ladder. Right. I have seen those. Yeah. Or I haven't, I haven't actually seen one in person, but I haven't stepped foot in a gym in a really long time. No. Oh no, that's not true. I joined the gym two years ago when I was swimming. That's that's a really long time. Two years. Yeah. That predates the ladder invention, I think. <laughs> All you, right. Have you tried the ladder? No, I haven't. Just heard about it. And I bet that uh, would be hard. Seems yeah, seems really hard. Probably be good at climbing ladders though. <laughs> yeah, they have them for for like in, in climbing gyms too. Uh, oh yeah, like okay. A never-ending climbing wall kind of thing mm-hmm. that you can. I like never-ending devices. <laughs> 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 All right, um, that's probably good enough. But yeah, I mean, do of course get on the treadmill. If you have no other hills, then a treadmill cranked up as high as it'll go is probably a pretty darn good simulation of a hill. Uh, so I would do that. Of course, be careful just seems seems like a fall waiting to happen another another one all right um connor says uh thanks for doing this and making a positive impact on at least one life me yes connor you're the only reason we do this actually so it is only one life 
Oh, uh, that was a very nice <laughs> comment, Connor. Thank you for saying that. Way to be an asshole, Matt. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm really hoping to stick with my diet, vegetarianism for, for him, uh, this time for ethical reasons like you. I've also had the temptation to expand it to pescatarianism, but this is, that is a slippery slope, I believe, as you mentioned. That being said, do you know of any foods that resemble the texture of certain meats for foods like chili or tacos or sandwiches or to add a stir fry? Okay. Uh... Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expand to pescatarianism. I mean, I, I just don't. It's not so much the slippery slope. I mean, I guess that is I guess that is an issue, especially if I mentioned that at some point. Um, I just don't think fish are any healthier than than the other stuff. I mean, I'm not saying you should do this, but if I were if I were having a temptation to expand to eating some meat, I wouldn't say, well, I'm just going to make fish totally good to have in any quantity I want. Uh, I would say. I'm I'm going to expand to a tiny amount of meat, and I wouldn't. I just wouldn't say that fish are better than something else. Yeah, disagree. I mean, there's there's heavy metal stuff to worry about, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of other stuff too. It's just, like, it's just I mean, but people eat them right because they're lean, and I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know why. People I don't know if they are. Fish. Are they lean? I thought fish are fatty and oily. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But I, maybe maybe eat. the association with the Mediterranean diet could be mm. one reason fish has gotten a good reputation. But the thing is, like, if you're craving a burger or something like that, fish isn't going to satisfy that, right? Tuna burger, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't, think I don't like, like so. if you're if you're if you're craving barbecue or something like that, then fish to me, fish isn't going to satisfy that. So you might as well not eat fish. Yeah, and just don't do it. Satisfy with a fake meat, like like Connor has suggested. Yeah, much better way to satisfy things, in my opinion. Um, but let's see. So, so the question then is, do you know of any foods that resemble the texture of certain meats? Uh, yeah, there are plenty of those. Most of them are not very healthy for you, but you can. I mean, you can go one or two ways. You can do the healthy way, right? Like you could you can use ground walnuts, or you can use portobello mushrooms. And chop them really small, or not even chop them that small, depending on how you're trying to do it. I'm just thinking of like a ground beef type texture. Mm. You could do you could do one of those things. You could mix those things, and you can make something that is a little bit like ground beef. Or you can go get Beyond Meats ground beef Santa Fe style blend or whatever that is, and it tastes like you're eating tacos. Right. So, but that stuff is made out of I don't know pea protein isolate and probably some soy protein isolate and just things that in general aren't that good for you. Um. So I don't know. It depends what you. It depends how often you're going to do it. It depends what you want out of it. Do you want the closest possible experience to that, or do you want something that is uh, a different experience, but one that you can know is is healthy and whole food? So it, it depends. Um, I'm guessing he's asking for the healthy versions because, like, yeah, we know of foods that resemble them, and they're they're called Beyond Meat. And just go to the frozen section of Whole Foods, and you'll find all kinds of, of meat substitutes, none right. of which are very healthy for you. Right. Um, so yes, there are plenty of ideas there for you if that's what you want, and you can find pretty much any one. You can find vegan shrimp nowadays, Ooh, like little shrimps really? that are that are vegan. Yeah, I don't know what they're made out of, oh, but I have not seen that. That does yeah. not sound appealing to me at all. <laughs> shrimp. I I had it once in I think I was in San Diego, and some kind of Asian restaurant served a vegan shrimp, and it it even has like this painted orange like shrimp. What? Yeah. Oh, I don't so know how anyway. I feel about that. Yeah, no, I don't. Not, I don't feel good about that. Um. So what about like what about kind of the the in betweens? So uh, you know you have the Beyond Meats or or 
Boca Burgers or whatever, and then you have um, portobello mushrooms. Whole right. Thing. But what about things like like uh, I'm a I'm a fan of seitan, mm-hmm. uh, which you know it has a, a meaty texture to it. It's a wheat protein, right? Yep. Um, you know, and and you can flavor that up, and you know there are a lot of seitan fake beets, you know that that are made from seitan or you know instead of uh, a bunch of isolates, but you know. Yeah, and I think it's I think that is better for sure. Uh, I think things that are like made from tofu, I'd rather eat that. So not not soy isolate, something that is just closer to a, a not that processed food like tofu. Um, but yeah, seitan is good. I, that's that is one that I I do a lot of Italian type cooking and very often buy seitan sausages and we'll chop them up and use them. Uh, I also mentioned those those uh, tofurkey, you know, deli meat type things. Right, those are. Made out of wheat gluten and tofu, no isolates or anything like that. But still, it's it's not health food. But a little bit here and there to to add a certain texture or flavor, you know, I'm okay with that. So I think I think those are all right, and I think they're better than than protein isolates for sure. You know what I had for the first time at the Fourth of July? Uh, what? Sweet curls. Yeah, I don't know if I've had those. I've seen them. Um. Uh, Jim Porter. Hmm who is a fan of the podcast and, and site invited right. me over. He was up here visiting, invited me over for 4th of July meal. And he had fixed up a bunch of uh, like barbecue, mm-hmm. like pulled pork barbecue style soy curls. Yep. Freaking delicious. Yeah. Yeah. They were so good. And they, they had like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you could tell that they weren't meat, but they had really good, texture that you would expect from something like a pulled pork sandwich hmm and soy curls is that like an asian thing you get that at asian market i honestly have no idea i'd never even heard of it before um i'm sure you can i just looked it up i mean you can get it at country life natural foods there you go so okay so i don't know what's in soy curls i don't know how processed they are this according to this one that i'm just looking up is 1 percent soy okay that doesn't help too much though we don't know <laughs> we don't know how how processed that soy is. Uh, speaking of barbecue, though, and speaking of good meat substitutes, um, jackfruit barbecue, which mm. which jackfruit is this giant, big, spiky fruit that I don't think has much taste of its own, mm. but the texture is quite similar to pulled pork. So mm. if you're trying to replicate that, then you just put a bunch of barbecue sauce on it. And I actually got got some at Whole Foods that is like in a little, you know, sealed pack, and you put it in a pan. And uh, cooked it out. Actually, when I when I went camping, I brought that and yeah. had that. Was it good? It was very good. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same. It doesn't have that fatty richness that like actual barbecue does. Right. I'm sure you could add something like veganage or something that would add a fatty richness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd, you'd be making it less of a health food then. Whereas if it's plain old jackfruit, that's probably not too bad for you. So there's that. Um, you know, portobello mushrooms are are pretty good as a meat substitute. They just they just work well. Uh, yeah, I think that's why they like every restaurant's vegetarian option is a portobello sandwich. Yeah, Plant, our local good vegan restaurant, uh, does like one dish. The menu changes all the time, but one that has been there for as long as we've been in Asheville is this. This I think they call it Porto House steak, and it's just mm-hmm. basically like thin sliced portobello that is a lot like steak and with a one sauce really and everything. Yeah, V one sauce though. It's their own thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if a one sauce is vegan. I think that might be why they make V one. Uh. I don't know. Um, we ate there last. I, I should have told this story. <laughs> ate there last weekend. 
Yeah? Yeah. Do you have a good story about that or just that you ate there? No. <laughs> okay. Well, you definitely should have told that story then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Eliza's first trip to... Oh, nice. Okay. There you go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any more, uh, any more go-to meat substitutes, Doug? Any more healthy meat substitutes, healthy versions of meat substitutes? Uh, no, that's all I got. Yeah, there he didn't. Well, I mean, there's there's good cheese substitutes out there now that are made out of nuts and miso and not much else. Um, there's something called lupini beans. You ever heard of them? They're kind of an Italian appetizer condiment thing, and they come shelled, and you gotta take the shells off. But anyway, they they taste cheesy to me. They have a cheesy texture and and taste, so I hmm. I like to eat those. All right, I think that is enough for the uh, for the meat substitutes. Yeah, and uh, before we transition on to the next question, why don't we pause for a second to thank our sponsors? Speaking of meat substitutes, I have a good one. Oh. <laughs> this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market, an online grocery store offering all your favorite vegan, organic, and non-GMO products, and they do it rather cheaply. Doug, I got my nice Thrive Market box the other day. Uh, awesome. Delivered in a very, very nice, beautiful way. Did, did you have that experience? Yeah. You open it up, and it was. They were like, "This is nicer than Amazon." It is. They like individually wrap a bunch of stuff, and it's a little a, note in there. Yeah, signed by one of the co-founders or something. Maybe it's, not. It's it was, good. <laughs> <laughs> one of the co-founders. Yep. <laughs> Sits there signing letters all day. Probably not, but uh, in, signed by some whoever packaged the box. I would imagine. Yes, um, a person. Yes, a real live person. Not Alexa. Did what? So did you get anything that you liked? I devoured my vegan jerky. Oh, good. lasted less than an hour. It was gone. Mm. <laughs> uh, olive bread. Already had a nice shave with my uh, my tea tree shaving oh, soap. Right on. Yeah, I mean things. Life is better already. <laughs> I uh, I'm really excited about this enchilada sauce that I found. Oh yeah. Through Thrive Market. Um, yeah, yeah. We have been making or we made enchiladas this week, and they were absolutely delicious. And having that sauce pre-made was like a huge time saver. Uh, and it's something you know. One thing that's pretty cool about Thrive Market is you can sort. Um, by vegan or organic, or I guess maybe it's all. I think it's non-GMO. all non-GMO. Non-GMO. You can sort by all these uh, different fair trade. Yes, absolutely. You can <laughs> anything you want. Anything you want. You paleo. Can sort you want to sort by, by paleo. You can sort by paleo. That's right. I exactly. And uh, and this enchilada sauce, it wouldn't. It wasn't something I would have searched for uh, on my own, but I was just like looking through all the vegan products, which there are many, and it caught my eye, and we gave it a shot, and it it was pretty darn good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing that. There you go. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Thrive Market also gives back, which means that for everyone who signs up, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. Uh, and that is a company, Doug, that we are happy to support and have as a podcast sponsor. Absolutely. So if you want to check out Thrive Market, which uh, we absolutely recommend you do, you can get 25% off your first purchase, free shipping, and a free 30-day trial by visiting thrivemarket.com slash meat. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat. <laughs> this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health conscious lifestyles. And Matt, you'll be really excited to know that last time, <laughs> the last time we talked about Health IQ, you were giving me a hard time because I have a family now and I don't have life insurance. Yeah, you're being selfish. And, you know, I, th- I think you'll just be, I mean, it'll just help you sleep better at night knowing that uh, I have restarted the process back with Health IQ. Actually, hey, right. to uh, 
to get some life insurance. And yeah. I call them up or fill out the thing. They give me a call and um, we talk about uh, everything I do. Talk about running, how much running I'm doing, my diet, all the all the exercises and the health conscious things that um, that, uh, that that I do. And they'll reward me for it. They tally it all up and submit it. Wonderful. Was that uh, was it after you mowed the lawn and drank your beer and you said, "Hey, I'm being a family man now. I'm moving to a new house. I'm gonna <laughs> better, get better myself take care some... of my family." No, this was before the mowing the lawn, but maybe it inspired the mowing the maybe lawn. Maybe it did. You know. Good. Well, uh, yes, I I definitely appreciate that. It, it makes sense to me that if uh, if if statistics and, and science shows that that a healthy lifestyle, including a plant based diet and exercise, uh, is one that makes you less likely to die early. Uh, that you would you would pay less for the the benefits that life insurance give you. Absolutely, and uh, and what Health IQ is doing is is different than most life insurance companies. So, pretty excited to uh, to to be using them as I go on my life insurance journey. And you can do that if you're if you're interested in, in getting life insurance through Health IQ. Go over to healthiq.com/nomeat one word to learn more on all the ways you can save money on life insurance. That's healthiq.com/nomeat. All right, our next question, Doug, is kind of a long one, but I think it is one that probably a lot of people uh, can can relate to. Uh, another sort of run-fueling question. This is from Diane, and uh, she says, I finished the San Diego Marathon in June, and I'm heading to the Marine Corps Marathon at the end of the month. Did they move the Marine Corps Marathon? I thought it was in the fall. It's in October. So I don't know what month she's talking about, but unless this was from last year, but I don't think it was. Hopefully not. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> Um, anyway, maybe she meant end of the, I don't know, end of September. All right. In San Diego and all my 20 mile runs for MCM, I have problems with fueling my finish after my mile 18. At that point, I can't stomach anything and I get nauseous and I want to vomit at food, goo, Gatorade, whatever. I'm expecting to finish MCM at about five hours. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to get to the, to the gist of it here. Uh, pace significantly drops because she doesn't want any more food. And this last run, my fuel approach was the boom gel every half an hour. I could only take five total. It was fine. Um, tried goo, then Huma. Doug, you're a fan of that, right? Yeah. Until mile 16, 18, same result. Would like to fuel with Whole Foods, but I started that when I took up running and couldn't digest fast enough. Now that I have a year of experience under my belt, I should try the should I try the Whole Foods approach again? Okay. Good. Good question. So basically the question is, how do you fuel for 20 plus miles when your body gets sick of any sort of sport nutrition product uh, and when it doesn't seem that whole foods are a good solution to that? Which is a challenge. And we, I, we picked it because a lot of people have that challenge, including I used to have that. Yeah. Uh, Doug, I, what do you, what's your first thought? Well, my very first thought is that if she's taking goo every half hour, that's probably too many. Right. And that could be contributing to the nausea or just at, you know, getting sick of that flavor of, of the gel. So um, I don't think that, you know, even though the package says take every 30 to 45 minutes, I don't think that when you're running a marathon, a five-hour marathon, you, you need to take that many. So I would space it out to at least every hour um, and, you know, and start there and see if that kind of helps uh helps reduce some of the nausea. My other thought is that I would supplement, kind of mix it up. So you were doing something like an energy drink, uh, Tailwind is my go-to um, that has much, many of the ingredients or calories and 
uh, much of the nutrition that comes from a gel in liquid form. So you're taking that and then maybe taking a gel every hour and a half or something like that. Um, and so that you're kind of easing into both of those instead of relying on just one type of fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that might, that might help. So those are my first two thoughts. How about you? Uh, yeah. So the, the, the easy answer that is not that satisfying is just keep trying different things because I, I thought I had the same problem. I thought that after three hours of running or two and a half hours of running and eating sports drink, I just couldn't do anymore. And I thought that's, so what I used to do was that after in a marathon at, at mile 20 or so or mile 18, I would just stop taking in sugar and I would just switch over to the water. It was the only thing that I could stomach. Um, and then I concluded that I can't eat sugary things for that amount of time. <clears throat> but then when I did my hundred miler, I, I, I guess a couple runs before that, I don't, I don't know who recommended it. Somebody recommended I try heed, which is made by hammer and is vegan. Um, and it worked. And like, I just, I, at, during my hundred, I drank that for whatever, 24 hours or something until I finally stopped. And that, you know, for to drink something for more than three hours, I had not been able to do before that. So that, for whatever reason, whatever it's made of, was something that I could handle. Because I I had been comparing to Gatorade, and these things probably were really high in fructose. uh, And maybe that's just what what my body didn't want. So, um, but on, I guess, on the flip side of that, when I had tried, before I discovered that, I was trying to just fuel with dates for a while thinking that's a whole food i'm gonna be able to tolerate that really well and i did a date every 15 minutes or something because i read or heard somewhere that that would maybe that's what arnstein did um or maybe i just calculated it and said this will get me to my 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour and i wanted to be on the higher end of that uh but after after like i don't know three hours of that i just didn't want to look at another date so <laughs> that didn't work um so it wasn't that it was whole food because that's pretty that's a whole food you know it's sugary but it's a whole food uh, and I thought, okay, then if that doesn't work, then well, but, and so I had to end up going back to the sports drinks, just had to find the right one. So I wouldn't draw any conclusions about your body not wanting those things until you've tried a lot of different options. Like you mentioned, um, tailwind, which is probably made of very different things from Gatorade. I don't know the specifics, but, yeah. um, and there are a bunch that are made from things like cornstarch, right? Is that, uh, do you know that one? Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to pull the name here, but there's one that is that's that's their main source of, of hmm. carbohydrate is from cornstarch. So like you know, for some people that might work. Um, so anyway, you got to keep trying different stuff. Uh, he's the one that worked for me. It doesn't mean it will work for you. Uh, but I would say, as for the whole food question, actually, here's another question. Also consider the difference, as Doug kind of mentioned, uh, between solid food and liquid food. So you can, you know, you can get through marathons without taking in solids if you drink enough liquids. If you're also taking in more water beyond the sports drink that you're going to be taking, you know, you might run into the issue of overhydration and the hyponatremia issue. Um, so you need to think about all that stuff. But maybe it's that your body doesn't want the food, doesn't want the solid food, and that the sports drink it will. Or maybe it's that your body will be fine with some more solid food as long as you're not also taking in a ton of sports drink on top of that. You know, so you just got to try different things. Um, as far as the whole foods approach again, and this is where I, I got here because I was thinking maybe the answer is incorporate some whole foods, still have some of the gels, but just have a gel every hour like you suggested, Doug. And and if you need more food than that, then eat a half a banana every other half hour. I don't know. You know, just try different things. But I feel like a five-hour marathon, not, not trying to like 
judge and say that is that is not a fast enough marathon for you not to be able to tolerate whole foods. But I feel like it is you know it is a lower intensity than running a two and a half hour marathon. So my thinking is that I don't know that you could, especially if you've done it once or twice now. Um, that yeah, it's quite possible that at that intensity you could digest some solid food. It's not like you're running, you know, 400 meter intervals, right? It's, right. it's it is it is a much lower intensity that it has to be, and I don't know. I feel like most people's at most people's marathon pace, even even a fast marathoner, uh, they can they can tolerate some sort of solid food. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to eat, I don't know, grape nuts, but <laughs> but a banana, you know, <laughs> that works. Yeah, I don't. And, know. Well, and there's a difference between tolerate and uh, let it and having it be helpful. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, because some some solid foods you're not going to digest in time for them to actually convert into anything that you can use uh, during that five hour yep. marathon. So you know, but something like a banana or dates or or those types of whole foods uh, might work out for you. And that that actually brings up one more point. We haven't really touched on something sugary versus not sugary right it could be that your body just gets tired of sugary food and if you were to start from the beginning eating stuff that wasn't so much sugar and maybe had some more salt in it or maybe it was just you know like like white bread or white rice like people people eat you know in our book there's a white rice little energy balls thing um you can do that and you can you, you can experience a salty taste instead of a sugary taste while you're eating those carbohydrates so like it could also be that you're just getting sick of all the sugar and if you were to start with something that wasn't so sugary that'd be a good thing the challenge there is it's hard to get those non-sugary foods to become useful for you in the time that it takes to complete a marathon so ultra runners will do like the boiled potatoes thing dipped in right. salt and that that is very different from a sugary taste and often that can be the only thing that tastes good because it's kind of a neutral flavor except for the salt mm-hmm. um I imagine that white potatoes get pretty quickly into your system, but I don't know for sure that in the time it takes to run a marathon that they would. So I'm not sure about that one. But for ultra runners, that's a good strategy because they're out there for longer. Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote a product here. Okay, good. I've got this new obsession with a different. I, I like Kuma gels. They've been my go-to for a long time now. With mm-hmm. a new gel, it's called Muir Energy. Muir Energy, like Muir, like John Muir, the trailblazer is it m-u-i-r yeah okay muir okay muir energy and they are whole food energy gels made uh, with like their few uh, like fruit pastes and have different things but it's all like uh four to seven ingredients depending on the flavor mm-hmm. they just list all the ingredients they are tasty really tasty um and they seem to be working and they have what i one other thing that i like that i thought was kind of different is they have uh fast fuel and slow fuel oh. um varieties uh-huh. so which i guess uh you know I, that's kind of the the differences implied there but <laughs> uh, uh i don't know i'm just i'm like really obsessed with these with these gels because they're just tasty and they're different and they don't taste at all like hmm. like uh some of the other gels right. out there interesting and you can pronounce every single ingredient because there's only like four or five and they right you all... just can't pronounce the name of the product that's the only thing you can't pronounce. That should be their slogan. Muir. The only I, thing I hard just, to pronounce is the name of our product. <laughs> Muir Energy. Muir. Rhymes with pure energy. That's another slogan. Rhymes with pure. <laughs> uh, while you were talking there, Doug, I looked up the name of the cornstarch product that I was talking about, and it is UCAN. All capital letters. Letter U, then C-A-N. UCAN. UCAN. 
they make cornstarch powders. I don't know. People like them, but you who can. Knows? You can like them too. You can if you want. Uh, okay, good. Let's move on to our last question, which uh, is actually about sugar because we were just talking about sugar. So that's a nice little segue. Uh, sugar, sugar. All right, this one is from uh, Lou or Louise, and uh, I'm guessing it's she says, uh, I read through some of your recipes and I'm surprised by how much sugar in, is in them. I assume there that Louise is referring to some of the older ones that are on the website at nomenathy.com because uh, I don't really post any dessert-type recipes anymore, and I don't think we ever had sugar in things that weren't desserts, um, or at least not much, uh, unless it was in whole fruit, which is totally fine by me. Uh, but anyway, a lot of the, a lot of the, and this is like, people ask me this now and then, they, they're surprised that I eat cheese still, or they're surprised that I eat fish. And it's because when I started the website, for the first two years, I wasn't vegan, so there was cheese in all the recipes. And uh, for in like the first couple weeks, I was still eating fish. I don't know why I decided to call it no meat athlete, but I, I guess I was in the same mind as those people who think that fish isn't meat. Or maybe I, maybe I just had a sense that I would get, get to there. I don't know. But um, anyway. So I have, I think I've deleted those or at least removed them from our recipes page. But I've left up the ones that are not vegan, and I've just kind of labeled what's vegan and what isn't. But anyway, there's plenty of sugar in some of the desserts because I've, I've evolved as I've come along here. And, uh, you know, so there it is. But anyway, she says, you also use agave syrup, uh, which I consider to be worse than sugar. What are your thoughts on sugar? Okay, good. So let's just answer the question, what are thoughts on sugar? Um... Uh, sugar, sugar. There you go. All right, <laughs> good. That's our thoughts on sugar. Um, so there is a site called Examine.com that I am a big fan of, and they are they are friends of Nomad Athlete. In fact, um, Kamal Patel was on Nomad Athlete not all that long ago, maybe maybe six seven months ago, uh, and he is from Examine.com. Uh, but anyway, they are a site that they just kind of I don't know. I think their research they they put forth a, very, a lot of effort to make sure that their stuff stays unbiased and they which is a big problem these days it's just hard to find stuff that is that is truly unbiased um and they they make sure that theirs is as, as much as possible and uh what i've read about them from them that that has stuck out for me is that in their research and, and besides being unbiased they're also very scientific so they have a lot of very smart people on their team and they a ton of research and all kinds of stuff but they uh they looked at things and they they basically decided that that High fructose corn syrup, which everyone just considers to be the absolute enemy, and that's the worst thing. And if you're eating pure cane, sh- like I like how soda companies now advertise cane sugar as like a good thing on their on their yep. stuff, uh, especially organic cane sugar, then then you must be in the clear. Uh, but at Examine.com, they they conclude that uh, they really seem to be about the same. They're, sugar, sugar, sugar. There you go. A sugar is a sugar is a sugar, uh, which is not entirely true, but but in between you know table salt or table sugar versus high fructose corn syrup they are very similar and in fact we were just looking up the the composition their their fructose to glucose levels are pretty similar they're slightly different uh but they're not i would i would not say and i don't think the examine.com people say they're not substantially different they're different in the way that that the the bonds the chemical bonds are and apparently that has actually no impact on the body or your health so those two things are, are, in my opinion, just because I have, you know, it's not my opinion, but it's from people that I trust, examine.com. Uh, you know, sugar is, sugar and high fructose corn syrup, I don't think they're all that different. What about stevia? Stevia is totally different because <laughs> there's, there's no actual sugar in it. It's just a, a natural sweetener that tastes sweet. Uh, I think stevia tastes terrible. 
so I don't really like it, and I just tend not to eat sweet stuff. So if I'm if I was going to eat a sweet dessert, I would or a sweet anything, I'd rather it be sweetened with actual sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not if I was eating it every single day. Then I would have to figure out something. Yeah. So I, I and, and we'll get to agave in just a second. But I the you know sugar is not good. Added sugar is not good. If you can get it in whole fruit form, that is so much better. And in fact, may even be good for you. Like right. whole fruit can actually can actually regulate blood sugar spikes, like can lessen blood sugar spikes. So when it comes with the fiber and all the other good stuff that comes in fruit, uh, I think sugar is totally fine. But if you're doing added sugar, whether it's maple syrup or corn syrup or agave or straight up sugar, uh, it's it's not going to be good for you. I mean, if it's if it's a fuel and athletic need, then sure it's good. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's good. It'll work. It'll get. It'll help you get fuel that done. athletic need. Yeah. Um, not without some of the downsides of eating sugar, which is why it's kind of nice if you can get to a whole food approach like like dates or fruit. Then you're at least getting getting all that other good stuff. Um, so I think the, I think the answer isn't find out which sugar is the best so that I can keep eating it every day. It's, it's find out how to not eat sugar every day. Like, you know, I I would work harder on not eating dessert that often or eating fruit for dessert and develop that habit. Uh, and if, if you do that and you get to the point where it is, I don't know, once a week or, or twice a month that you eat something with added sugar then I don't think it matters which one you choose because it's pretty infrequent and the difference between these things isn't that substantial in my opinion and from what I've read. Um, so I think that's the answer. Now, as far as agave goes, uh, again, something I don't didn't know offhand, I had to look up some stuff about it, but agave is mostly fructose, so it is substantially different from these other ones. It was thought to be better than them because fructose doesn't cause these blood sugar spikes in the short term that sucrose and high fructose corn syrup do. So that was why it was you know, originally heralded as like this better sweetener. But then it turns out now that agave, uh, you know, in the long term is thought to raise blood sugar. So it's more more insidious and more dangerous in the long term than those things. Again, just a non-whole food and added sugar, uh, there's not a good one. There's not a good a good choice. And even the stevia, like if you like the taste of that, apparently your body can still respond in some ways. I'm, I'm sure not to the same extent. But when you when you sense that much sugar, your body can you sense that sweetness. Your body will even have some sort of sugar reaction. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure not to the extent of actually eating sugar, but I don't know. I just it just doesn't seem good to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Do you like stevia? I feel I don't understand it. I think something is. I think I have a certain gene or something that makes me not like it because I think it is like intolerable the t- flavor of it. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. You don't I mean mind I don't it? I you know, I don't ever cook with it or, or really eat it very often, but if it's in something that I'm eating, yeah, I don't mind it. And stevia comes from just a plant, right? Just from some sort of non sugar mm-hmm. thing that comes from a plant. So it is totally natural sweet. Well, I'm sure it's incredibly processed, but I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Wouldn't be fair to the stevia industry to assume that. It's true. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about it either. <laughs> Alright, good. Well, uh, uh, that was fun, Doug. That was a little different, different Q and A episode for us. We kept it to a reasonable number. We got to spend some good time on them. Yeah, we got to really marinate in those. Uh, we did. Those we got to go off on some tangents, like the, like the parking garage thing, and <laughs> you having dinner at Plant. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Anything else before we before we go? I think we should tell people how to submit their questions if they have any. For okay. Next time. So how do they how do they access the one eight hundred flowers dot com inbox? <laughs> All you have to do is email the 
emailed inbox and uh you can do that at matt at nomadeathlete.com yes or if you want support at nomadeathlete.com support doesn't matter they all go to the same place i'll go to the same place and our wonderful colleague esther will organize them for us and get it all ready for the next time we have a q a exactly so so keep sending them um yeah and we'll keep answering them <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i don't know i wish i wish we had a closing anecdote or story doug like sometimes we do any uh, doug downward facing doug no, i don't have any downward facing dougs no <laughs> well we did a math we did a matt doesn't know it we did uh uber eats uber eats i had no idea what that was i can't believe you don't know about uber eats well you didn't know about flying cars you didn't know uber's making flying cars hmm that's true. I did not know that. Yeah. So okay. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could very well not be true. I just may have heard it somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. This is fun, and we'll, uh, we'll do another one before too long. Take care.